We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Hello, everyone. What's up? Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast. I got a lot of stuff I want to talk about today, so I'm not going to waste any time bullshitting here at the top. Let's just dive right into it. It's Casual Friday, of course. That means I got recurring guest, friend, hockey writer, sports enthusiast, Joe Yurden. What's up, buddy? Oh, just uh, soaking in the afterglow of Major League Baseball's once in every hundred years appearance in, in Buffalo. So it was a good run, but it's over. But I, it, but now we get to focus on hockey at the end of July, so that's cool. Well, we're going to focus a little bit on hockey, but I, I do want to talk baseball because you were at the last, we'll call them Buffalo Blue Jays. You were at the last game, Toronto mm-hmm. playing in Buffalo. We're going to talk about that. I need to preface something right off the bat, though, and I'm glad you mentioned hockey. And I want to emphasize this for people listening. Joe and I are taping this right now. I'm looking right at the clock. About 20 to 4 on Thursday, okay? As of now, this minute, as we record for a Friday morning drop, the only thing that's happened with the Buffalo Sabres is Seattle took Will Borgen and uh, Kevin Adams and a couple other guys gave a really boring vanilla press conference this morning (laughs) with the most wrinkled table cover i've ever seen in a professional <laughs> sports setting in my life i don't know if you saw paul hamilton yeah. tweeted out he, he just tweeted out a picture of the press conference mm-hmm. i pointed out how wrinkly this thing was i was like throw this shit in the dryer or something for a second <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> disgusting but anyway so we're gonna get to the sabers in a few but if something happened who knows maybe something will happen while we're taping this which by the way would not be the first time last year i was doing a football podcast with greg thompson and while we were taping Stefan Diggs literally got traded in the middle of the episode. So oh, man. who knows? Maybe as we take Jack Eichel or, or Sam or Rissa or somebody will be gone. But anyway, let's circle back to them in a few. I want to start with baseball, actually, because, again, you were at the game Wednesday mm-hmm. night, the last Buffalo Blue Jays game before they go back to Toronto. They're playing Boston. You were there. I wasn't. I heard it was almost like a home game for the Red Sox. So tell me yeah. about that. And just tell me about, because you've been to multiple multiple Blue Jays games (laughs) this summer. Just talk about like the experience of going there, maybe how it changed a little bit from the first time you went. Because I know you went to one of the Mm -hmm. first ones and you were also at the last. Just talk about how that kind of vibe changed a little bit as well. Yeah, the the timing worked out weird because uh, because my buddy had bought like my buddy and I, we had each bought like tickets to like a couple of series and um I got a ticket for for him and like a couple other friends for the uh, 
for one of the games against the Orioles. And then he, he managed to get a couple tickets for the, the uh, game against the Red Sox. And I, he's like, he's like, well, you buy my ticket for the Orioles thing. I got your ticket for the Red Sox. Like, okay, deal. Easy, <laughs> easy peasy. Um, so I had, but like I ended up going to the first game in 105, 106 years here. And now I'm at, then I wind up at the last game. Uh, that's probably ever going to be the last major league game that's ever going to be played in Buffalo. Uh, so that's pretty wild. Cause that's, it's weird history, but it's history because, sure. you know, them playing here at all was stunning and seeing how it changed from, you know, from game one where, you know, they had the, you know, vaccinated, you know, non-vaccinated sections and, you mm-hmm. know, everything was spread out on the non-vax side and, you know, they still had, you know, limited capacity for pretty much most of the season, at least until, I don't know, I forget when Cuomo dropped all that. I think it was middle of June, maybe uh, early June, mid June, something like that, where he just dropped it. He's just like, all right, forget it. Every, everybody into the park. Um, right. But it was wild seeing like the crowds grow and grow as the season went on because people were into it. And I mean, weekend games made it easier for more people to come out because those were the tough tickets. Um, regardless, like the, I think the Rangers series, they, they drew really well for that Rays series, which I mean, the Rays are one of the best teams in the AL didn't really draw quite as well. Um, and they were doing like, you know, $30 tickets specials for, for, for mid- midweek games, which I a hundred percent understand. Um, but like this, I mean, the Red Sox games, all three were sold out. And last night the, the park was packed. Like it was full up, not an empty seat that I saw anywhere. Like end to end, like this was a bad comparison. It's like the Bison Star Wars night uh, that they yeah. do every year, where they pack <laughs> out the park, and you sure. know, except there was, you know, nobody had, you know, toy lightsabers or you know, anything like that. But the, instead, it was a park filled with Red Sox fans. It was it was about seventy five percent Red Sox fans, and then twenty five percent fans of other teams are just there to, you know, I I don't know how many Buffalo fans became actual Blue Jays fans out of this, but. Um, but it was a decided advantage for the Why Red do you Sox. think that is? I've never been able to figure that out. Even as a kid, I'm a Yankees fan. I know not everybody's a Yankees fan, of course, but they mm-hmm. kind of are like this area's unofficial team. There's probably way more Yankees fans than anyone else. But mm-hmm. there's a ton of Boston fans. I've never figured out any connection. They're not that really close in proximity. Yeah. It's weird. Why why do you I, think there's so many Boston fans in Buffalo? I think it's I think it's the psychological connection because the the Red Sox always you know their management always portrayed themselves as the underdog compared to the Yankees you know the Yankees you know everybody hates the Yankees you know they spend all this money blah 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 they buy all the players blah blah and you know the Red Sox played that card really hard all while during you know the rivalry was was at its hottest you know end of the 90s early 2000s and you know Larry Lucino drove that drove that bus constantly he's like well you know we can't really spend to compete with the Yankees he's like dude you got the second highest payroll in majors. <laughs> you yeah, can't, no, yes, you can't you be could. crying, you know, gritty underdog right. when you're paying everybody more than, you know, at least everybody besides the Yankees, you're paying everybody more. And um, I, I think it's that, you know, fighting against the, the big evil factor that I think really Buffalo fans really get into because nobody has a more underdog mindset than Buffalo fans. Like, they Buffalo fans always, they want their teams to prove people wrong. They want to, you know, they always want them to win, obviously. And they want people to just be like, yeah, screw you. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't count on us to win. We showed you. And the Red Sox played that role against the Yankees, but 
I, I, and you know, it was charming for a while to have, you know, Red Sox fans going crazy. I mean, you know, it broke the curse, the whole thing. And, you know, they, you know, they've won like what, four world series now since Oh four. Since 2004 is when they won the first one. Yeah. It was like a Red Sox hater my whole life. Even I was a little bit happy for him for a minute. I wasn't. And then I'm like, yeah, and I, I know where you're going with this, and you're so right. <laughs> it's like, no, because they got over on the Yankees, so that's why there's no joy out of that. If they got right. over, like, beating, like, Oakland or something, like, cool. Neat. And they, like, they came back from 3 nothing in that series, too, didn't they? Uh, against the Yankees, yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, Tor- you can, we can talk for five hours about Joe Torre mismanaging the bullpen in the playoffs, <laughs> but, um, but we won't do that. But, uh, but I, I think it's that whole underdog mentality that, that you know, Red Sox managing kind of instilled into their fans to say like, "Hey, yeah, well, hey, at least we're not the Yankees." And it's like, "Yeah, yeah, screw them, they suck." And it's like, right. you know, and I think that attitude really gets to a lot of Buffalo fans, which is wild because who's the most hated team for Bills fans? It's the Patriots. Like, yeah. and they're like, well, "I hate their fans. They suck." Blah. I'm like, they're all Red Sox fans. Like, <laughs> like, and like, the how do you, how do you like? How do you do like, yeah, Bruins, like it, I don't see how it's like, you know, it's, it's dissonance and it just doesn't make any sense to me, but I don't know. I guess you can compartmentalize these things and just be like, yeah, I hate the Bruins. I hate the Patriots. Man, I love the Red Sox. Like, all right, I guess. Sure. Like, but, but it doesn't make any sense because the fans act the same way in every sport. Like it's the same, you know, we used to, (laughs) it was on a Yankees message board back in the day and we, we always referred to the Red Sox fans as Sully's and Murph's. Because it's, you know, you got Sully and Murph out there and they're just being loud mouths, blah, blah, blah. It's like, and it's like the Sully and Murph fan base, like for everything. And you just, they drive you nuts. But like Red Sox got, Red Sox fans got to be like the lovable losers and they win and it's like, everybody's happy. They, you know, they shot a friggin' movie during it. Um, you know, the Jimmy Fallon, Drew Barrymore thing, whatever that Hated was. that movie. It was, yeah. it was, it was ridiculous. And like, um, so like all that stuff happens. Here we go. West side. West side uh, fire trucks weekly thing. <laughs> um, so like all that stuff happens and people really loved, you know, they were like, yeah, good for the Red Sox. You know, I had the beards, you know, they were like a bunch of dirt bags and stuff. And it was like, people were into it. And then after they won in 07, people were like, all right, that's enough. We we've had enough. And you know, and then every other Boston team was winning, you know, the Patriots won a bunch of titles. Uh, you know, the Celtics win in 2008 and then, you know, the Bruins win in uh, 2011. And suddenly it's just like, all right, Boston relax. Like that's, that's enough. And then, you know, you started seeing like the, the kid at the Patriots parade saying like, I haven't seen a, I haven't seen my team win in, you know, four months, you know, or, or I haven't seen a Boston team win a title in four months. And it's like, Oh geez, kid. Like, you know, the kid's like seven or eight years old. It's a cute sign, but like every fan everywhere is like, all right, go away. That's enough. We're we've had it. <laughs> and like, but it's when it comes to the Red Sox though, like I totally get it from, from the Buffalo standpoint. I understand but man, think of what the I, I got talking about this with some other people. Imagine what the view of Buffalo fans is going to be, you know, if the Bills win a Super Bowl and like Mafia goes from being like cute, fun, like, hey, these guys are wacky. And then every Bills fan is going to be out everywhere going, we won. You suck it. Like, go to hell. We win. Insufferable. Like, it's going to be awful. Like it's they're going to go from beloved to hated, like in an instant, which Honestly, that's the role Buffalo fans love. They love to be hated. Like they drove everybody nuts when they went to four Super Bowls in a row. It's like, geez, guys, win, win one, please, to make it worth our while. Instead, 
you know, we saw what happened, but, um, but like, at least then it's like, you could still be lovable loser and just be like, Oh man, come on, at least beat the Cowboys. One of these games, please. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's always, but yeah, it's, I totally get that mindset. Like I, I a hundred percent get it. And it drives me nuts. I want to go back to something I kind of asked you early in this process and you hit on it a little bit. Um, a few minutes ago, do you think the needle moved at all for the the Blue Jays amongst Buffalo fans? Like if you were a Blue Jays fan, obviously you're probably a bigger fan now, but if you were either not a Blue Jays fan, or if you were indifferent to the team and you just wanted to go watch some major league baseball because it was in your mm-hmm. town, do you feel like the needles really moved now that it's over for them getting new fans that maybe weren't fans before? I think it has a hundred percent and there's a big reason why. And it's the it's the MLB TV blackouts because think Good of the point. teams that are bla- that are blacked out. You're, you know, everybody's moved to streaming. Basically, you know, people are getting away from cable. And you know, if you're like if, if you only have streaming, you can't. You're here in Buffalo. You can't watch the Yankees. You can't watch the Mets. You can't watch Cleveland. You can't watch Pittsburgh. So any games involving any one of those four teams, it's blacked out. Toronto games aren't blacked out because they're only on cable in Canada, and that's because you know they see it's like yeah, it's ninety miles away, but. You're not getting you're not getting Rogers or you know or Sportsnet. You're not getting Sportsnet or TSN down here. So, you know that's that. Like you're not. It's just not something you're getting. So I think when it comes to that, people are able to watch every Blue Jays game that they want, unless they're playing the Yankees or the Mets or the Pirates or the or the Indians, and that's amazing. Like so, like you, it's very easy for people to like fall in. And granted, it, they've had some incredible players come through here in Buffalo already and they got to watch a bunch of them play every game here this year you know with Vlad and Biggio and Bichette and all these guys and it's it's real easy to do it so like if you if you were like I don't really like the Yankees I don't like the Red Sox you know they're both teams fans annoy me like the Mets screwed Buffalo over years ago screw them you know Cleveland and nobody likes you know Buffalo people don't really attach to Cleveland teams ever and you know the Pirates stink so it's like eh, I'm not really into any of these teams Blue Jays come along they're fun they score a ton of runs. I mean, they can't pitch to save their lives, but like they play fun ball, you know, scoring runs is great. Hitting home runs is great. There were eight home runs last night for crying out loud. I mean, Boston had five of them, but like, yeah, still that's, it's a lot of home runs for a game. And, uh, you know, I mean, that kind of stuff is entertaining. And like what yeah, I think we've talked about it before when it comes to the sports, like, you know, football and hockey are obviously one and two, but like baseball is pretty close behind hockey. It's just that, you know, triple A teams, it's not going to have the poll, but, um, but yeah, it's. I think I think there I think there's going to be a lot more Blue Jays fans here, especially with the younger the younger crowd, because you know you get to watch Vlad hit home runs out onto the you know the entrance to 190 constantly. It's pretty fun. Do you think with the Bisons, obviously the Bisons are going to be back? I think I saw a couple of weeks from now, less than three weeks from now. Do you think you'll see a little bit of a bump maybe in attendance for Bisons games going forward because people just got their taste of baseball and maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, it wet their appetite, and now maybe they'll lock in a little more on the Bisons, especially like you said, if the needle moved towards more Blue Jays fans, probably going to want to check out some of the prospects. So, do you expect at least a moderate maybe um, bump in, in, in tickets, or pretty much going to be the same? I think it's. I think they're going to see a good bump. More West there they go fun. again. I love it. <laughs> um, I think they're going to get a good bump, and I, I I think I just saw the when the tickets go on sale, every seat is going to be ten dollars. So immediately. People are going to be like, "Hey, this is cheap. Let's go. Let's go to the games." And yeah, they, you know, they're always doing time. like dollar hot dog, dollar ice cream nights, and things like that. So that's perfect. You know, people, you know, bring the kids out, have fun. Like, 
still summertime. They're not going back to school yet. Um, so like cheap cost. I mean, th- that's always been the case. Like it's always easy to go to a Bison's game. Sure. Um, but I think they're going to get some more fans because I think the Bison's have just started hitting the ball a lot more. I've been trying to keep tabs on them with while they're playing while they're playing in Trenton. Um, but I've seen that they're still hitting the ball well. They still have a handful of prospects down there. Um, I mean, they're not on the scale of, uh, you know, Guerrero or Bichette or, or Biggio, but I mean, Alejandro Kirk is down there, at least for now still. And he's, he's one of their big catching prospects. And mm-hmm. they've got uh, Kevin Smith, who, you know, not the director, but like uh, Kevin Smith is hitting a ton of home runs for him. So like they've got some interesting guys. And obviously if they have anybody on injury rehab, you're going to see him, you know, you might get to see him in Buffalo at some point. So, I think there's I think there's going to be a good chance to see some some good crowds there. I'm not going to say they're going to be pulling like 10,000 a game, but like 10 bucks to go see a game is pretty damn good. My first thought as you said that literally as you were seeing that my first thought was, "Well, man, I'm going to go to a couple of games at that price, man, <laughs> just to again get the experience. You know, maybe me and you will go find a, a quiet spot in the stadium and tape a podcast there." Or yeah, something. right. And I don't know. But before we talk Bills and Sabres, one other quick thing too. We rarely ever talk about the NBA on here, but I, I did want to get mm-hmm. your quick thoughts uh on the NBA Finals, because I'm going to be honest with you, Milwaukee Bucks, Phoenix Suns didn't really do anything for me that matchup. I was not excited about it at mm-hmm. all. Um, Giannis, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> I don't know what more I can say about the guy. Yeah. I will say this, though. Going into these finals, I've always respected his game. I know he's won a lot of accolades, two-time MVP, five-time All-Star, all that stuff. But I always kind of likened him to, uh, actually, as a Yankees fan, you might appreciate this maybe, a-Rod a little bit. A-Rod would light up the statues in a regular season, mm-hmm. but didn't play his best playoffs or best uh, ball in the playoffs. I kind of feel like that's what uh, Giannis was like, but not anymore. I mean, that, look, great player, but that was just, he totally won me over. I mean, mm-hmm. that was just dominant. His numbers, I think he averaged like over 35 points a game. He had 15 the clincher. Mm-hmm. He was incredible. His interviews were amazing to listen to. Mm-hmm. He's just a great guy. What a great ambassador for the game. He completely and utterly won me over because again, I've always respected him, but wasn't mm-hmm. the biggest fan, but man, did he step up? They deserve it. Milwaukee deserves to be champions. Good for them. And I guess maybe you could also say, Hey, you know what? It's cool to see a, a, a team. That's not a super team, you know, built to mm-hmm. three superstars to, to win. This is a homegrown team. Those guys, Middleton, uh, Giannis, these guys were drafted by the bucks and developed for the most yeah. part, by the Bucks. I mean, they went out, got Holiday and some other pieces, but like mm-hmm. their core is homegrown. So good for them. But yeah, that completely won me over. Like, what about you? Yeah, I the the Bucks. I mean, that whole series was incredible to watch. I mean, the six, six game series. I mean, Phoenix gets out to the two zero lead, and you're just like, oh man, Bucks ran out of Suns gas. Here. four, yeah. And then yeah. and then they go back to Milwaukee for for game three, and the Bucks just snapped out of it. Like Middleton started hitting all his shots. You know, Giannis starts going off. I mean, he had what I think they said he had what what four forty point games in the finals. Yeah, out of the Plus six he games, was hurt. Joe, I forgot to even talk about that. Right, my, he was hurt. He was coming off of like a significant injury. That photo looked yeah. bad. It looked like his knee went the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I mean, it's it's wild. It's just uh, it's incredible. And like the way Phoenix was playing going going into the finals, I was like, man, Booker looks unstoppable. You know, Chris Paul was playing playing out of his mind. You know, I, I love that people were saying, Chris Paul, oh, man, 
old guy now, old guy. I'm like, wait a minute, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Isn't he like 36? Old guy, 37, like whatever. It's like, I guess so. It's the NBA, but like still got LeBron being like one of the best players in the league at like 38, 39 years old. Like who yeah. cares? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you can ball, you can ball, man. But like, but watching Giannis though in game six was unbelievable. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, everybody was making a big deal about how he couldn't hit free throws at all. You know, bef- you know, as the playoffs went, like the playoffs started, he was terrible, just awful. And right when it was in the Atlanta series, the fans started counting off, you know, because he was taking his sweet time at the line. They're doing the 10 counts. That seemed to get him focused. And I, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, I don't put it past Giannis to do a ton of work on his free throws just to make sure he can get it down. Because as soon as it started, because like the, the first half of the playoffs, it was like, it was the hack of Greek, you know, way to play it. Like if he's down low, just hack him. Like don't give him an easy bucket. Just put him on the line. He's not going to hit him. And then game six, he met, he went what nineteen to twenty from the line or something like, or twenty to twenty one or something like that. It was crazy. I'm like, but this dude, the whole that whole series, he was electric. Like he just buried everything. So even the stuff you could be critical on him about just disappeared. So like that to me is just an un, it just it adds to how incredible he played and how fun they were to watch and. You know, then there's so many good stories and like everybody's likable. Like Bobby Portis is like the bad guy on the team, but like the dude's expressions out there and like everything he was doing, it was just like, how do you not love this guy? Like, I get it. And, you know, Middleton, like Middleton spent time in the G League. Like he got drafted in the second round. I, I don't think it was by Milwaukee. Maybe it was. Um, But like he got he, he went down to the G League and like had to play his way out of the G League. Then he signs with Milwaukee and suddenly he's like a three point king. He just starts draining everything. And you're like, wow how did everybody sleep on this guy? It's like, well, no, he had to work his ass off and get back to it. So, I mean, all that stuff. And then, you know, the ad holiday who I love drew holiday, like, you know, I'm a Pelicans fan, unfortunately, but like a guy like that, like he, he, he went so underappreciated in new Orleans because in new Orleans is, you know, average to below average, even when they've got superstars on the team and holiday was always underappreciated. Like he was a great defender, his shooting was always a little bit here or there, and he saw a lot of that in the finals. But, man, he's so good. He's so good at just, like, being a good teammate and then distributing the ball and defending. Like, he was the guy defending Booker in that series, which, you know, you'd think you want him on Paul just to have the point guard on point guard thing, but they're like, no, 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 no. Booker will put up 50 if, if you know, if Middleton's guarding him or, if, or, or what have you, or if P.J. Tucker has to guard him, like, forget it. Like, Booker's going to go off. And – holiday i mean booker got his points but like he wasn't putting up 50 a game like he was in the you know the previous the previous rounds like that whole team stepped up and like they really saved the coach too because budenholzer looked like a guy who was about to like you know like the the factory's on fire and he doesn't know where the fire alarm is to pull right. he's kind of like uh throw some throw some throw a blanket on it like that's that was the look on his face all the time, and you're just like, this team is winning in spite of the coach, <laughs> because I think you could have just put anybody as the coach and they would have rolled. But, um, but like that team, oh man, they're they're a fun team. I hope they can stick around, you know, keep at this for a couple more years. And in the East, they probably can. Um, but like this was due. Like this team had been great the last couple of years, but you know, you're losing the first round. It's going to be like, all right, you guys, you guys ain't clutch. But like, but, yeah, Giannis was, was the only about. dude that you could. If you covered Giannis in those in the last two years, you could beat them because nobody else could hit shots. He went 17 of 19, by the way, from the free throw line in that, in that game six clincher. And yeah, in my defense too, like I, I used the A-Rod comparison. A-Rod was a stat monster during the season, regular mm-hmm. season, won a couple MVPs. 
but he never played well in the playoffs. And I kind of feel mm-hmm. like Giannis was like that before this year. Yeah. And in 2009 with the Yankees, I remember it very fondly. A-Rod just went A-Rod nuts in that play. He had like six A-Rod runs that postseason. Hit like that postseason. Four something he batted. I mean, he's like, he's not even a 260 career hitter in the postseason, mm-hmm. but that 2009, he was sensational. And I kind of that- feel like uh, Giannis was too. I, I And I agree with you. And I, I think Milwaukee's built the last two. And uh, mm-hmm. by the way, one more quick shout out too, because I, I'm, I'm a Yankees fan. You are too. Probably you, Perino, and Sal Capaccio are probably the three biggest <laughs> sports media Yankee fans I know. So at least mm-hmm. I'm not alone with that. I know Skirsky's a big Red Sox fan. But I, that's, I mean, we all have our faults. You know, that's, that's, that's how it goes. <laughs> but I tell you what, you mentioned A Rod in that 09 playoffs, and I'll never forget the home run he hits against the Twins. And I think was that. It was late in the game. I think it was late in the game. And the the crowd, like that was, you know, it was the first year in the new stadium and the whole thing. And like people were just, you know, the whole year, everybody's just like, ah, there's, you know, it's not loud and blah, blah, blah. Second, he hit that ball, the whole place explodes. And I was like, yep, the old stadium found its way across the street <laughs> because the place went absolutely batshit crazy for him. And that whole playoffs, he was great. He has that home run against Philly in the world series that went off like the camera in right field and every, you know, they had to review it to make sure it was actually a home run. And they were like, yeah, I, I guess it's a home run. And the whole time a Rods was just going around the bases. He's like, yeah, dude, like what, what did you think happened? But like him and then like Matsui was so great that year. I mean, that, I love that team. That was, that was a super fun team. And like everybody had, got a piece like to was bad. He still had a huge home run again. I think it was against Minnesota. So everybody stepped up. That was fun. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Back with Joe Yurden, Casual Friday. I already had in my notes, I just scribbled down a couple of things. I just wrote Cole Beasley. I didn't have to write anything else. I just wrote Cole Beasley. <laughs> Artie was, I mean, God, it's like a broken record. This guy just, <laughs> oh, if anybody ever needed to delete their social media at this point, it's him, which is mm-hmm. ironic because he was literally talking about earlier this year. I saw a clip, Dan Fates, a Buffalo Bills reporter. I'm not going to play the whole clip because it's like two minutes. I don't want to spend two minutes just listening to a clip. But basically, <laughs> long story short, he says, I don't do social media or getting off social media when he left Dallas was the best thing he's ever done in his career. Well, I think the new best thing he would do is to repeat what he did when he left Dallas, because 
it's just ridiculous. And you know, his views and his takes are one thing. And whether you disagree or agree, we both disagree vehemently. We've already established that. But now, but now, shit's changed, man. The NFL mm-hmm. today, we're again, we're taping this or close to dinner time now on Thursday at this point. The NFL came out today. I don't have the statement in front of me, but long story short, they're saying, you know, you always see it on social media. I'll be like, tell me. Tell me you like this movie without telling me you like this movie. You know what I mean? It's like that, like the NFL, it's like, they're saying, we're telling you we're getting, you need to get vaccinated without us actually telling you, you need to get vaccinated. Like they're not making it mandatory, but essentially they are because Mm -hmm. the rules and the protocols, if you don't get vaccinated, teams are fucked now. You could cause your team. If you're the root, if you're the root of an outbreak on your team, there's not going to be rescheduling the games. You're going to lose, man. You're not. You don't get the game rescheduled for six weeks down the road or, you know, they're not going to move nights around anymore, man. Mm-hmm. You you play or you don't play. So you can forfeit now. Last year, that wasn't the case. Now, if you're the cause of it, you're, you're forfeiting. And you ain't getting paid. And your teammates ain't getting paid. And the team that you're playing against, they ain't getting paid. So no. now there's a lot of shit on the table. Let's start here. And again, by the time people hear this Friday... This already might be happening. Do you mm-hmm. see a Cole Beasley threatening to retire tweet coming anytime soon? Because I sure as hell do. I I do, but it's funny you ask that now because I'm I just had to peek at Twitter because I wanted to look up Cole Beasley's account for whatever reason, and I'm looking at DeAndre Hopkins talking about like, you know, it might hurt my teammates and 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 you know by you know my team by uh, not wanting to get the vaccine is making me question my future in the NFL. And it's like. Dude, like here we go. I mean, that's the line you want to draw. Like, okay, I guess. But like, I mean, listen. Think all the games that got rescheduled last year. That you know, as soon as there was a stop, you know, as soon as a game had to get moved, everybody was screaming forfeit. Like, yeah, when the Bills played Tennessee and Tennessee had a breakout, everybody Mm -hmm. was, you know, everybody in Buffalo was like, they got forfeit, and it's like. Well, they're not going to do that because, you know, that's, 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 that costs the networks money that costs everybody money. And they're just not, that's not happening. Now it's on the table before camp even opens. So everybody knows that if something goes down and you decide to be an idiot or selfish, because that's what you're being like, you're being a selfish idiot by not getting vaccinated. I don't, I don't care if you're just like, yeah, yeah, my rights, blah, blah. Like just dude, like, shut up, please, please. But I mean, the fact, the fact that like they're gonna drop the hammer, like you're like they're, you know, the commissioner's gonna hand out punishments on top of it, like they're gonna find the team responsible, like I, I assume for millions, because why wouldn't it be? I, 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 but like, get your house in order, guys. Like if we have any shutdowns, like you're screwed, and that's gonna be it. And it's like people been kidding around, you know, just think, you know, thinking about the future where. You know, Cole Beasley doesn't get his doesn't get his vaccine, and it comes down to like you know the AFC Championship, and like, oops, he gave it to Josh Allen. Oops, he get you know he gave COVID to like four of his teammates, and then that cost the Bills the chance at winning a Super Bowl. You know, like everybody has the fatalistic thought about that, and now it's like, yeah, no, you're going to automatically lose a game, and you're not going to get paid, and now it's like, yeah, get your freaking shot, guys, like figure it out. Like it's it's the easiest decision to make, and. It just blows my mind that people are just like, no, I'm healthier without being healthy. Like, fuck off, please. <laughs> let me let me share something with you that I know I don't necessarily want to call it news, but I'm going to share it with you and everybody listening. 
I mean, it's, I'm not breaking news here. I'm not, this is nothing groundbreaking, but we know there's certain players on the team that definitely support his decision. And some of mm-hmm. them, like Gabriel Davis and a couple others, have actually been pretty vocal about it. I'm mm-hmm. telling you right now, I know for a fact, there are players on this team who do not support what Cole Beasley is doing right now. Mm-hmm. And I am concerned at this point about it being a distraction. And I don't want to name names, but just trust me. There are prominent players on this football team that I'm telling you for a fact are not happy with what's going on right now with the whole people not getting vaccinated, especially the mm-hmm. ones, obviously, if they're not happy, that means they did. And this is going to lead to some shit because I'm going to tell you right now, dude, the roster decisions are going to be made because of this vaccination. I'm telling you now, it's going to happen. Now, mm-hmm. Brandon Bean or any GM, they're not going to come right out and say, hey, if you're not getting it, we're, we're going to cut you. They, they know they can't do that. But I don't know how any team around the league, including Buffalo, is going to, you know, if you're an indispensable player, if you're Josh Allen, if you're Stefan Diggs and you're going to be an idiot and, and not be a team player and get this vaccination just to, for the betterment of the team, if nothing else, if you're Josh Allen, you're not getting cut. But there's going to yeah. be players. If you're not indispensable to the to this roster or around the league, you're going to get cut. Because if you don't think the mm-hmm. Bills will, will cut a guy like just, I don't know, not not necessarily the bottom part of the roster, but even the, the okay parts. Guys like Devin Singletary or Dawson Knox or a John Feliciano. Guys like that who could potentially impact the game and cost them to lose. Like literally forfeit and cost them a lot of money. There's going to be players, if they don't get this vaccination, who are going to get cut because of it. You agree with that? Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%? I, I 100% agree with that. And you mentioned Diggs and like, you know, at, at, right around the time when this got released, uh, this this notice from the NFL, he tweets out accountability, availability. Yeah. And I'm thinking, all right, I, I, I think we know what side he's on there. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to yep. be accountable, you're, you're going to get your, you're going to get the vaccine. Um, and if you're going to be available, well, you better have the vaccine in you. So, yeah. Um, so I mean that's I mean that's encouraging to see because it for a, for a little while there in the offseason it seemed like the entire receivers room was going to be like nope we ain't getting it. And now it's like no I think you are because if you decide you're not going to do it I don't know man uh man or uh, uh who is it Emmanuel da- uh, Emmanuel Sanders Emmanuel Sanders Bill? thank you almost said Emmanuel Davis and I'm like no that's Webster. Uh I was like <laughs> that was like uh, me calling Giannis Giannis a, a, a handful of minutes ago, but yeah. Um but uh, Emmanuel Sanders, I'm pretty sure he can play the slot receiver without a problem. Because I mean, he's up there in years, he's not gonna be running streak routes. So I mean, and besides Stefan Diggs is gonna run all the streak routes. And if it's not him, then you know, Gabe Davis can if he gets his if he gets his vaccine. But like if I'm Cole Beasley, it's like I'm pretty expendable, honestly, because the NFL you can just get cut and that's that. Like they'll they'll eat the the cap hit for for you being stupid. That's for sure. But I mean, Manuel Sanders can jump jump right into that role and be like, "All right, see ya." Like, bye. It sucks because you know last year the Bills. I don't want to say they came out of nowhere because they were a playoff team in 2019, but they surprised a lot of people. There were not a lot out there who expected them to end up in the AFC Championship game. That's mm-hmm. exactly what happened. So for the first time, probably not probably for the first time since the Bills went to four straight Super Bowls. We go into the summer, we go into training camp with the expectation that the Buffalo Bills are going to be one of the best teams in the NFL. Again, Mm -hmm. that ended up being the case last year, but I don't think many people expected that. Now we expect it. That's what we should be talking about, the excitement. But that's not. This is How can this not be a distraction? 
It has right. to be a distraction. And there's going to be, I, I do think, obviously these protocols are meant to move the needle and they were released not by accident around this time because you still have time to get both your shots before the season mm -hmm. by acting yep. now or very soon because training camp's getting ready to open. Mm -hmm. I do think it's going to move the needle. Let's just say, to use a round number, 30% of the players who are not vaccinated, I'd say of those 30%, half of them, maybe even more, will end up getting the vaccination because, first of all, I meant what I said. Players are going to get cut if they don't get it, especially mm -hmm. if you're a bubble player, if you're a depth chart guy, or if you're a semi-replaceable starter, you're going to get cut if you don't, if you could potentially screw the team over. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it's going to be. But there are going to be some guys who are willing to die on the hill. And those are going to be the big distractions. And I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like Cole Beasley, as much as I don't like what he's doing and as much as I don't agree with what he's saying, because, by the way, semi-related, Joe, he either, a couple of days ago with his tweets, he either, A, he leaked out information that the team did not want knowing by saying a player got sent home. So either, A, mm -hmm. leaked out team info, or B, is blatantly spreading misinformation. You know, we've accused him of doing that because of his thoughts. But, I mean, this is like blatant, flat-out misinformation. He's saying mm -hmm. that a player got sent home, and if that's not true, that's literally what spreading misinformation is, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's going to die on the hill. I, I'm, I'm afraid he's going to die on the hill, which might lead yeah. to him getting cut or retiring. It's it's funny when you say that because when he first started rambling, that was my tweet. I was like, I guess I guess Cole Beasley does want to die on that hill, and you know, and uh, like the whole thing with you know possibly leaking out information that a guy got sent home because of because he had COVID. Um, I mean, I, I the way that they run a tight ship, McDermott and Bean do. I'm surprised they didn't immediately call him and be like, "You're on razor's edge, pal." Like it's. You know, you keep this, you keep this garbage up, man. You're gone. Like you're, we love how you play, but like quit being an idiot and doing this stuff. And like, you know, basically the, this mandate from the NFL seems like it's very pointed directly at Cole Beasley, but we're going to find out other players like DeAndre Hopkins and others. Funny you, that say, that. Funny you say that, Joe, because you just said what, maybe five, six minutes ago, DeAndre Hopkins yeah. with that tweet. Guess who already deleted a tweet? DeAndre, <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins. <laughs> yeah, he already tweeted. He already deleted in the five minutes as we've been talking. Now he has something that says freedom with just a question mark and uh and nothing else. So at least at the yeah, at least it's, he's rewarding what he says. It's the same message. It's just he's he's vague booking about it instead. Like it's too late, dude. You already you already tipped your hand what you what you meant by it. But I mean, man, I I just like. The, like I understand that like arguing about freedom and blah, blah, blah. Like I get it. Like you want to be in control of what, you know, what goes in your body. I get it. But I mean, football players are taking all sorts of shit anyways. Like, you know, think of the painkillers they're, they're getting pumped up with, you know, on the sidelines in the, in the locker rooms before games. It's like, yeah, I don't know if those are really good, but like, I don't know. Like it's, it's a ridiculous line to draw because they, they, they view this as something where, you know, this is their personal choice to be exposed to the virus. And it's like, fine, that's your that's your personal choice if you want to do that. But your personal choice affects everybody else around you. That's, that's where the it That's the thing where everybody who screams about freedom gets lost on this stuff. Because, dude, like, it's not just you that gets affected by it. Like, because some people are like, oh, if I get COVID, I'll fight it. It's like, well, cool. If you get it, fine, you can deal with it. But, like, what about, you know, the people you live with or, you know, the people around you? Like, what if they're immunocompromised and suddenly, you know, 
you're, you know, you're, you know, you know, somebody who's got cancer and, you know, they can't get vaccinated or they, you know, they, their body can't fight anything and suddenly have COVID and they're in the, they're in the, uh, they're in the ICU and they're on death's door because you decided like, well, I can beat the virus. I don't care. Well, I mean, look, you got to ask yourself this. What are the reasons, uh, even remotely sane person would say, no, I'm not getting the vaccine. Number one, the government's putting chips in you. That's obviously ludicrous and stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, the other one would be, well, you know, I, I don't know the, the, the effects of this. I don't know if it's actually working or not. Well, data suggests that it is Ron mm -hmm. DeSantis, somebody who I am not a fan of the Florida governor, mm -hmm. even he's on TV just two days ago, imploring everybody in Florida to get the vaccination. <laughs> Donald Trump, for Christ's sake, is vaccinated. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to not get vaccinated. So I don't want to hear that whole you know, you're taking away my freedoms, forcing me this and that again, when you, that's mainly, I don't want to get political with stuff, but mm -hmm. for the most part, I mean, let's be real here. That's mainly a GOP, you know, freedom fighter mm -hmm. type of deal. And when Donald Trump's vaccinated, when Ron DeSantis is vaccinated, when they're telling you to get vaccinated, especially Ron DeSantis, which kind of shocked me to be honest with you, mm -hmm. get the fuck a shot. And, yeah. and not even for me to preach personally, but again, if, if you're, a, if you work from home and you don't do shit, and you want to wear a mask or whatever you can tell you do you, but when it affects your team, when it affects 53 other guys and coaches and all these people, and you're potentially putting the team at risk, whether a, your services won't be there because even if it's not an outbreak, if Cole Beasley is a big part of the game plan, which he will be because he is a very good slot receiver. He's one of the best in the NFL. But if on Friday he tests positive for COVID, and he's out for 10 days, by the way. It's 10 mm -hmm. days if you're not vaccinated. So that's essentially two games. A, you're hurting your team. Even worse, if he's the root, again, if there's an outbreak and he's the root of it, you literally cost your team to lose one, maybe two football games, and you don't get paid because mm -hmm. of you. You talked about you're rich, you'll play for free. Well, there's 105 players on the active rosters for you between your team and the team that you're playing that Sunday. If they don't play, they're not getting paid. I'm pretty confident there's not 105 uh NFL players that are going to agree with you on that crazy ass shit. Mm -hmm. This yeah. sucks. I liked Cole Beasley, man. He is a good receiver. He, he was quiet. He was off social media. He was being smart. He was likable. I bet you 97% of Bill's mafia was in love with this guy six months ago. Mm -hmm. Now, now it's about 45%. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's the people you'd expect to still love him that, 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 that love him. So it's, I just, it, it's so belligerently foolish to, to just, to, to draw these lines. And I mean, it's, it's, it's exhausting. And it's, it, it's things like this that pop up in these discussions where, you, where you find out like all these people just have these insane thoughts. And it's like, man, the internet was a mistake. We didn't need, we didn't need to know this about everybody. It's like, they just would have, they would be doing this and they'd, they'd just be like that crackpot neighbor. You'd be like, oh, what an idiot. Like, and the, the other part that kills me is that, you know, people get all, they're getting concerned about like, oh, I might, you might have to have a vaccine passport to go anywhere. And it's like, dude, your immunization records, you had to be immunized to go to school. Like, so you weren't passing the measles around. If you go to a foreign country, you have to have your shots. Like you can't just go somewhere and be like, yeah, I'm just going to bring whatever to the country that I'm going to. It's like, no, you have to be caught up on your vaccinations when you go literally anywhere in the world. And like, if you go to certain countries, you need to get other shots to be able to go to them. So like, Figure it out. Like it, it, it's stuff we've been doing all along. And I'm sure that that's like, you know, the waking point for some people. Like, Whoa, they've been tracking us all along, man. I can't believe it. And 
it's just stupid. It's like, no, just be friggin' healthy for once in your life. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I just want to gloss over to Sabres, but ironically, before I even get into that real quick, just a quick note, I'm looking on Twitter as we're taping. Literally, we're talking about COVID and potential outbreaks or things happening. New York Giants first-round rookie Kadarius Tony just got placed on COVID uh, reserve list the day after rookies reported for Giants camp. Just something, again, we'll be mm-hmm. tracking this in the days and, of course, the weeks and, and months to come. With the Sabres, I, I need to preface this yet again. We're taping this Thursday as of now, nothing has happened. Uh, the, the draft is, well, people listening, that it's hopefully on Friday. So the NHL draft is tonight. We're not going to beat the, uh, the Reinhardt, the Risto, and, and, and the Sam Reinhardt, or who knows who else drums, because who knows what's going to happen. It might be old news by Friday morning or Friday afternoon. I will say this, though, and I talked to Joe before the show. We're gonna, so this is casual Friday. Monday, we're going to do a formal Monday show, and that's going to be an episode entirely based on potential trades that the Sabres make over the next couple days. And of course the NHL draft. So tune in early next week. I'm going to have Joe back and we're going to talk a shitload of Sabres for now. As of this moment, the only newsworthy thing is Will Borgen getting selected by Seattle. We've talked about it on the show. I know it's not a shock to you whatsoever, probably right. not even a surprise, but uh, now that it's happened, like what are your thoughts on that? Are you surprised? And maybe they did try to make make a play for them to get take a like Miller or somebody else. I don't know. I'm not surprised. And I'm not mad. I'm a little disappointed, but it's not like mm-hmm. you know. I'm I'm not any less of a Sabres fan because of this than I was before, which I'm not much of a Sabres fan these days anyway to begin with. But uh, <laughs> it didn't move the needle much for me. What about you? Uh I mean, yeah, it wasn't a surprise. Um, I know some people had some big ideas that they might take Gergensen's or, you know, I think Miller, Colin Miller. Dustin Kakarski. Dustin Tatarski. Oh, yeah. Uh, NHL.com had that one as their, for their mock draft. I was like, really? I was like, the Sabres will do backflips if that was the case. (laughs) Um, But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Borgen, I get like, considering how Seattle drafted, they went really young with a lot of guys and, watching that play out it's kind of like yeah okay I, I think i think we know where this is headed and you know what it, it, it's fine it stinks it stinks for buffalo because you know borgen borgen was going to be a good depth guy and like a good guy i mean he probably wouldn't be depth this year he'd probably be right in the starting six on defense but right um it's i mean it's it's not but it's like it's not a back-breaking loss <laughs> you know like you can you can replace guys like will borgen i mean it stinks that he's 24 and you know, you'd like to have a guy that, you know, is young and can play, you know, play hard, hit hard, do all that stuff. But I mean, you can find some more guys like that, I think. And, you know, once you're, you know, and all these trades are going to be making, you're probably going to get a defenseman in there somewhere in the mix. So I, I wouldn't, I'm not sweating it. It's, it's more annoying than anything, I think, because it, it seems like asset mismanagement, but like if they, you know, if Adams gets what he wants, 
in at least the risk the line in trade where he's, you know, it's picking a prospect. Cool. Like, I mean, that prospect is like, or a young D player or something like that. Fine. Great. Like that's, that's, that's we talked nice, about that nice last week. Win. We, we agreed last week. We said, if we lose Borgen, I say we, I hate when we say we, but if the Sabres <laughs> lose Will Borgen, but they trade Rissalane and, and, and the return ends up better than what they got for losing Borgen, then it kind of made sense. Like, you mm. know what I'm saying? Like if they, you were right all along. They were, I don't think they ever were going to just expose Rissalane. And you said that, and you obviously turned out to be a hundred percent accurate, but what they get in return for him, I think will ultimately, that'll be how you evaluate the, the shittiness of losing uh, Will Borgen. But anyway, like I said, we're going to do an episode early next week where we'll really lock in. We'll review the draft. I, I'm confident there's going to be, well, I, all right, let's play a little game here. Just for the hell of it. So again, <laughs> right. we're taping this Thursday. People are going to listen Friday sometime, hopefully leading up to the draft. When the draft happens of those three, the big three, we call them the big three trade guys. Mm-hmm. How many do you think will be traded? I think, by the time the draft starts, uh, I think Eichel and Reinhardt will be traded. Okay. Pretty sure. I think you might see Reinhardt traded during the first round, um, but it all depends on like who's who's asking for him and if they're giving up a first-round pick this year for him, which I think is possible, whether it's L.A. or Philadelphia or somebody else. Uh, I think that's very possible. But I think Jack, you know, I said it on Twitter today. Somebody asked, like, you know, is he get you know, is Jack gonna still be a saber in 24 hours? I was like, yeah, make it 36. 36 or less, he'll be he'll be out of here. And so you, be that you think you think you think Jack will go probably before the draft, and you think there's yes. a good chance Sam could go early during the draft. Yes. Yeah. Hey, look, look, I, I think hit, if, let's hit I a think if, <laughs> I think I want you to hit a parlay. <laughs> hit a parlay, Joe. I gotta I gotta find is. I gotta find Bodog and 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 get uh, well, we can't do it in New York. Crap. Well, that's only I'm, the I'm top get a VPN. Half. Let's let's hit let's hit a parlay because so that's your projection. So Jack goes mm-hmm. before Sam goes during. Give me a team. I don't care about the return. I don't care who it is. Give me mm-hmm. a guess just for the hell of it. Just for not, not Sam Reinhardt. Cause I think that's too unpredictable, but mm-hmm. Jack's there's been enough speculation and reports and rumors out there. What's your best guess on where he ends up? Cause by the time we talk Monday, he might be somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I've been betting Anaheim for like the last month or so. I'm going to stick with Anaheim and I know Elliot, Elliot originally had said that they were out, but he he was on when he was on uh, GR on Wednesday. I think it was yeah Wednesday morning. He said, yeah, "I kind of want to pull that back a bit." Anaheim's back in it. It was like, yeah, they didn't. They never left. They were just playing. They're you're, that's negotiating. Like you just be like, ah, we're walking away. Like all right. Then Adam says, "Okay, we don't want all of your prospects. Just these two in your first round pick." But then right. you figure out a middle ground, and that's how it goes. But. Uh, but I, I still think it's Anaheim, you know, I, Philly's hanging around, Minnesota's hanging around, although, uh, Minnesota and the Rangers seem a little bit more iffy. Um, but I think, I think Anaheim's, I think Anaheim's the way. I hope you're right because <laughs> I, you know, it's bad enough. Like when they traded O'Reilly, at least they traded him to Western conference. And the last thing I want to see is him in New York playing with the Rangers and mm-hmm. having to beat up on the Sabres eight times a year. When it comes to the topic tonight, cause you're listening Friday. There's nothing more to add. You've talked about Owen Power plenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, your take, I'm pretty sure, hasn't changed. He's not a mortal lock to be the pick, but it seems very likely. And I'm pretty sure yeah. that, you know, you still feel that same way. I do want to ask you, though, forget about the player. And I'm sure it's because of the state of the franchise right now. 
But like back in a couple of years ago when they took Darlene first overall, which by the way, he was supposed to be a generational superstar and still might end up being that. Cool. So I, I, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't write him off on that just yet, but yeah. right. Exactly. He's still very well may end up being that guy, but here's my point. Maybe it's because of all the trade speculation with Jack and Sam and just the team being so shitty for so long, but it seems like nobody really gives a shit that the Sabres actually had the top pick in the draft. Fans don't seem to care that much. That's like maybe the fifth or sixth thing on, you know, in the pecking order right now for things that matter for the Sabres. As far as I'm, from what I see anyway, do you kind of feel that way that like fan excitement about having the top pick is not where it's been in the past previously? Oh, it's, it's not even remotely close to where it's been. You know, I, 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 it was there for Darlene because he was the, he was number one with a bullet that year. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not there this year because there isn't that number one guy, like absolute number one guy. Um, even though, I mean, it, consensus seems to say that Owen Power is going to be the number one pick, but everybody's just kind of like, yeah, he is, but, eh, you know, that's just how this class is. Um, and, I, I, you know, that, that may, that's probably not fair to Owen Power to be kind of putting him, you know, you know backhand compliments like that. But, um, but you know, but it's also everybody here is just tired of it. <laughs> they're, they're tired of, of, you know, being at the top of the draft. It's uh, because it's a sign of being bad. <laughs> you know, like sure. that's that's the main thing. You're getting it rubbed in your face that you're terrible. Now, I mean, could be worse. You could be Detroit last year where they were the worst team in the league by far and they ended up picking fourth. So, uh, you know, things can always be worse. But um, but yeah, it's yeah. I mean, fans are just they're just tired of, you know, like, hey, we got another great young guy. Great. When are we making the playoffs? That's that's always that's now the argument because like, you know, once things got, you know, once you had Reinhardt and Eichel and you didn't get the number one picks those years and you still got great players, but people were like, all right, so, you know, this whole drought thing's going to stop soon. Right. And every year it was just like, Hey, this whole thing's going to stop now. Right. And then it became very clear the last couple of years, like, no, this isn't stopping anytime soon. So this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and if the fans feel that way, I bet you a bunch of the players did too. And uh, I think it's pretty clear that, they, that that all came to a head after this season. I feel like I'm constantly, when I talk to you each week, when it comes to save yourself, I'm, I'm almost like constantly, and I've asked you, literally have asked you to play salesperson before <laughs> and sell fans on this bullshit. I guess one silver lining is you could say this is the, the fourth time the Sabres are getting the, the top overall pick and they've done pretty good with the first three. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin, who's still a work in progress. Uh, of course, Gilbert Perot and Pierre Turgeon, who wasn't the greatest player, but he was good enough to get Pat LaFontaine in a return. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So top overall picks for the Sabres have uh, worked out. So maybe that that'll be the sales pitch for <laughs> this week. I got to make yeah. a different type of sales pitch as we transition into this 35 freaking draft that I got dragged for a four straight week by <laughs> Joe Yurden. And start voting for me, everybody. You're embarrassing me on my own podcast. I am getting embarrassed weekly by Joe on my own podcast. So last week we did overrated TV shows. I knew I was going to lose and we'll talk about why more specifically <laughs> in a second. Okay. But I, I at least thought it was going to be respectable and it, and it wasn't, it wasn't 63% to 37%. And that's only because I kind of made like a two or three point surge there at the end, basically begging people to close the gap a little bit. But anyway, to recap, this was overrated TV shows. I think your picks were pretty flawless. I, I'm going to give you credit for that. Modern Family, The Walking Dead, Saturday Night Live, WWE Raw, and Big Bang Theory. To your credit, 
Nobody criticized any of your picks. In fact, you got a lot of praise for The Walking Dead, Saturday Night Live, and WWE Raw in particular. I went with with the top overall pick, Friends, which I think was a mixed bag. A lot of people agree, but a lot of people didn't like. Survivor, and not much feedback. And then the one that just destroyed me again, Jeopardy. (laughs) Jeopardy sunk my ship in a big way. Uh, I got absolutely buried for that. I got buried probably even worse for Jeopardy than I did for picking Jimmy Snuka (laughs) in the wrestling draft two weeks ago. I got killed for that shit too. So yeah, Friend Survivor, Jeopardy, Grey's Anatomy, and CSR Miami, which nah. I didn't get a lot of feedback on my picks where you like, you got a lot of feedback on yours. I didn't because Mm -hmm. everyone who had something to say to me was a diss because of uh, (laughs) Jeopardy. I can't I think everybody stop, stopped I can't looking. Stop I, making the big mistake, Joe. It's like I, I think they kept. I think everybody stopped reading your list when they saw Jeopardy because they're yes. like, "Hey, what the fuck? What? You know what I am? You know, you know what I am right now? I am a golfer <laughs> who, when we get to the par five, mm-hmm. like we're both, neither of us could get to the green in two. So you're pulling out the seven iron and you're getting yourself to a nice, comfortable pitching wedge distance on your third. I'm pulling out the fucking driver, uh, <laughs> and in the light rough. And trying to hit the green in two. I don't lay up sometimes, you know. I can't avoid the big mistake. I keep making it constantly. And it's just, man, it's just killing me. It's crushing me. Again, I am going to give you credit, though, because your draft was, again, I think flawless. Whereas mine was a little sketchy. But yeah, man, Jeopardy, I could go week by week. And I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's just, I, I get that one backbreaking, stupid, idiotic pick. I cannot refrain from fucking up one time. <laughs> you know during this draft so say maybe the, this will be different i say the anime the uh when we did the the best cartoons i think tom taking tom and jerry first is probably what did you in yeah because your your other picks were great and then everybody's yeah. like wait tom and jerry. like we like tom and jerry but tom and jerry's not a number one pick i almost doubled down on tom and jerry because i was at target earlier today and uh i was in the t-shirt section and there was a nice tom and jerry shirt i almost <laughs> bought it I almost bought it. I did it. I said I bought a Whitney Houston t-shirt. And then I lost my car. I tweeted about this, by the way. Um, (laughs) I I parked at Twitter or uh, Twitter. I parked at Target and Orchard Park. Wasn't paying attention. Walked in the store, walked out, had no idea where I parked. It took me literally 20 (laughs) minutes to find my car. My dad old, man. I'm just (laughs) starting starting to figure out why your drafts have gone sideways recently. (laughs) Let's see if I can stop you from winning five straight. That's the goal this week. I got to stop you from winning five straight. We are going... We are going this week's uh, topic starting five is going to be sports arena slash stadium anthems. Pretty self-explanatory mm-hmm. P- music that people hear when they go to a game that, you know, that gets them excited. It doesn't necessarily have to be Buffalo stuff. It could be anywhere, outdoor, indoor stadium, whatever it may be. Just best sports arena. Who had the first pick last week? I think I did, right? You did. I took friends. You took friends first. Yes. I'm actually like writing these down now so I can keep just keep track of what our, what our picks are of my ass. Weapons? I, well, I mean, yeah, yes. I also want to have that very well documented because um, <laughs> I feel that's that, that's necessary. Um, but uh, <laughs> but it's uh, but it, it also helps for these occasions where it's just kind of like, wait, who went first last week? Because we both forget. So that's yeah. fine. So uh, my number one pick is very easy to make here. Uh, it's We Will Rock You by Queen. Yeah, with that, that's that, number one with a bullet as far as i'm concerned uh you hear it at literally every sport ever made <laughs> like any place that's played music at a game they're playing we will rock you at some point even the nba you cannot escape we will rock you so that's I, number one well i mean it was number one on my list too so i mean that's one of those picks 
you make it you don't overthink it you don't get fancy you don't get cute you mm -hmm. say we will rock you by queen and uh you call it a day that was that, that was obviously uh the best one all right so i got two though this is mm -hmm. usually rounds two and three is where i screw up so i feel Let's good about do the, it again i feel good about the first one <laughs> um i'm going with thunderstruck by acdc nice love that song it's a great arena anthem coincidentally i've also become quite fond of it as a drinking game recently i don't know if you have you ever played it as a drinking game no i played the roxanne drinking game though that's right. very cruel really well let me tell you Yo, real yes. quick here about i don't want to get too off track but i i mean i can't name thunderstruck with my first round pick and not tell you about the drinking version of this as well <laughs> okay. so you get a full bear a big bear mm -hmm. like a pint or whatever and you get in a circle and you know the song thun thunder every time mm -hmm. he says thunder the next person drinks. So you drink until you hear thunder again. And then the next person drinks. And there's two parts. And it pretty much is consistent throughout the song, except there's two long breaks where he doesn't say thunder for a long time. So pretty much two mm -hmm. people are going to end up chugging their beers each time. I've been playing that a lot lately. I've become quite fond of that game. I started in Florida and I just played it actually at a party here last weekend in Buffalo. But anyway, that's, that's a great song. I love that song. And then I'm going to go with... Uh, uh, I'm already struggling. <laughs> oh man, you know, you're no, in no, trouble. No, 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 I'm going to stick. Um, you know what? This time I'm not going to get cute. I, I'm going to stick with my list here. Welcome to the jungle by guns and roses. Okay. Always That's a great perfect. song. It's not the best song, but it's not going to hurt me. I'm telling Joe, I got strategy this week. My strategy is to not make the dumb pick where, as I say it in my mind or, or say it out loud to you that I'm going to get killed on Twitter for. So <laughs> thunderstruck and welcome to the jungle to me are pretty safe if not spectacular picks. All right. So those are my two. And now you're going to be on the board with two. All right. So my, I, you made good picks there. So I'm, I, I don't think you've sunk your battleship yet. Um, yeah. I'm still counting on you doing it though. Just, just trust me there. Um, but I'm going to go with our first rap song. It's lose yourself by Eminem. That was three on my list. <laughs> um, it's, it's a pump up song for, for everybody because you get that opening start to it and just everybody's like yup 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 yep. okay let's go ready to go like it just I, I don't know what it is about it that just gets you going but it's it's a it's a perfect perfect way to get a crowd stirred up and ready to roll so like i that 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 for me was an easy pick mm -hmm. um and you're right this, this this does get more interesting as we go along because um there are there's some real good picks, but um, I, I'd be remiss. I'd be remiss if I didn't pick Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. Okay. Okay. I know people hate it now. Like people are just kind of like it's overdone. Like everybody's doing it, but like also everybody's doing it. <laughs> this is you know what you know what'd be nice. We're sitting here waiting for each other to make a big mistake. I don't think that's going to happen this week. I, I say not. that now, and I'm probably going to go is... make a big mistake. I'd this is sports music, hole. man. Like this is our wheelhouse. Like we yeah, gotta, we gotta know. Yeah, this. this would be if there was ever a week where I feel like we should have a, a little bit of a nail biter, then this might be the week. Because I mean, let's be honest. I won a couple, and now you've run off four in a row, mm -hmm. and none of them have been close. Like if if this was a baseball game, you could leave in the seventh inning to beat traffic home every every week when we do <laughs> these polls. You know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> right. All right. So you had two good ones, and by the way. Just for, for the record, lose yourself. I did have third on my list. I actually had it ranked above Welcome to the Jungle. And then for mm -hmm. whatever reason, I ended up pulling the trigger on uh, Welcome to the Jungle. All right, so I got two here. Um, 
you know, it's not my favorite song personally, but it's a South Buffalo favorite and, and it's a big sports anthem song. Jump around by house of pain. Nice. It's, it's, it's again, these are like steady, if not spectacular songs. I, I, I don't even like the song that much, man, but it's like a big bar song, big anthem song. I hear it all the time at games. So I'm just going to go with that. And then I'm going to go, uh, you know what? This is not for all teams or all stadiums or all arenas, mm-hmm. but I'm going to exercise my Yankee fandom here. And I'm going to go with Exit Sandman by Metallica because mm-hmm. nothing was better than when Mariano would come to, into a game with that song. So for even if it's just for that reason alone and nowhere else, and I know they play it for a lot of other different things, but that's the only one I care about. So for that reason alone, I'm going to go with uh, that song by Metallica. Remember when Billy Wagner was using it too? And when he came to the Mets to close games out that's and everybody right, made right. a huge stink about it. Yeah. And then Billy Wagner fell apart and everybody's like, that's, <laughs> that's about right. That's what you get. Yep. It's like it's a classic. Don't if you come at the King, you better not miss. And Billy right, Wagner. Well, right. You know, <laughs> All right. These are going to be your last two here. So, yeah. So these, I'm looking at my, like I put together a, a kind of piecemeal list. Just because I didn't want to really like get caught up in the moment and forget something, um, I got. Oh man, it's I associate this is this band I never associate with sports ever, except for this one song, and it's song two from Blur. I just watched a documentary today. It's funny you say that. I'm not really commenting on the song, mm-hmm. but uh, it was this is pop. It's on Netflix, and there was literally mm-hmm. an entire episode directed to Brit pop and mm-hmm. almost the entire episode was Oasis against blur and that battle during those days. And like mm-hmm. the nineties, it was actually Sal Capaccio told me to, watch. I it was absolutely fascinated. So just like, I want to comment, just ironic that you would say a blur song right now. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Um, I mean, that was, that was a Sabres goal song for a bit. Wasn't it too? I think, I think so. Yeah. Sounds right. Um, this last one, I'm torn between two. Um, one's a bit more classic. One's a bit more modern. Um, and I, you know, this one, I only hear one. I only ever hear at the end of a game when the home team wins. I don't know if I really want to pick that one because and only some teams use it. So I'm going to stay away from it. I'm just going to go safe. Crazy train by Ozzy. Great song. Great song. All right, because the whole opening part of that song with the laugh and the, the the first few licks of the guitar, just everybody's just like, yeah, 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 let's go. That's a good one. I want to know what one. I think I know which one you're talking about. I'll guess afterwards after okay. I pick my because I, I got one more here to end yep. this. Um, I got about four candidates right now, and uh, you know, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna stick with hip hop, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go with the one I personally like the best. It's hip hop array. Nice. By naughty by nature. Mm-hmm. Hip hop array, that's a good song, gets the crowd going. Uh, you know, the thing about these songs is they're so self-explanatory. There's not really a lot to add to them. I mean, what are you gonna say? The crowd gets excited when they hear the song. You know what I mean? So there's not really all that much we could add. So those are 10. Mm-hmm. We each picked five. Let me recap, and then I'm gonna get a couple from you that you were at least considering anyway. So Joe mm-hmm. went with We Will Rock You by Queen, Lose Yourself, Eminem, Seven Nation Army. Song two by Blur, Crazy Train. Man, Crazy Train's going to play well for you at the end. I went <laughs> Thunderstruck, 
Welcome to the Jungle, Jump Around, Enter Sandman, and Hip Hop Ray. I guarantee you this, I did not make the big mistake this week. Neither of us did. No. This no, should be close. Did, no. I say it every week, but this legit should be close. Let me guess the one that you were talking about. Okay. Uh, was it na 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 na? Hey, no, no, it was no. It was, I consider that. No, that I mean that's really classic. I think it's kind of died off now, though. Like I, I never really hear it played. It's right. fans singing it, which I mean I think is more. It's more of a, uh, yeah. a, a a really good nod to that song, but I don't really hear it so much now. Uh, Not no, as much what now. I was thinking. No, yeah, I mean back in the day, yeah, definitely. Like that was. It was pretty solid for for mocking the opponent off the floor or, mm-hmm. or off the field. Like that was it's a good way to do it. Then people probably were just like, "That's not very nice." And it's like, yeah, I guess let the fans do it. Then the fans did do it, so it was great. Um, no, the 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 one I was thinking of was "All I Do Is Win" by DJ Khaled. Oh, uh, which I know what some hockey teams have adopted. I know Nashville has for sure. Um, but like that's one you hear every now and again, depending on the place. But I don't think it's really taken over with everybody. Um, I may have heard that once in Buffalo for after a Sabres game, maybe like they just decided to play it once. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's, that's random. Uh, but that was, that was the one I was thinking of because it's, it's a lot newer and it started to catch on. I think it's one that might get more popular as time goes on as people go, Oh yeah. Like game press people are going to be like, Oh yeah, that's a great, that's a great song. Let's use it. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the only other one I was really thinking of. So there's a couple others that I think would have been stretches. Um, I got like a few old school throwback, like like old school throwback would have been, and it's been made popular thanks to uh, Geico. Uh, Whoop, there it is. I have that on my list. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I think that would have been a great throwback, but I think everybody would have commented about the uh, about the ice cream, <laughs> the yeah. ice cream too. It's in 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 that one. Uh, my favorite Geico one I, commercial, by the way. Yeah, and the the other one I was thinking of was "Ready to Go" by Republica, which is another great like startup song. But I mm-hmm. I haven't heard that at a sporting event. I want to say I heard it once in Toronto before a Leafs game, um, but it's been a while. It's been a long while. Uh, so I think that one's kind of died off, which is, I mean, it's a great song, and uh, but it's like Republica's only hit, I think. So, right. <laughs> I mean, good for, good for them. <laughs> I had, uh, I did have that on my list of potential, uh, like honorable mentions at least, and also mm-hmm. um, Get Ready for This by Unlimited. You know that song? Dun, 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 oh, dun, 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 mm-hmm. dun. I had that on Unlimited, there right? Yeah, by Unlimited. Yeah, and you know, the funny thing is, in fairness to me, your ass still goes to a lot of events. You've been to a couple of baseball games recently. You covered mm-hmm. the Sabres. So you've been in the arena a ton. Whereas me, dude, I barely went to any professional sporting events. over the, My sporting events over the last five, six years have consisted of watching my son play football pretty much. And on those high school speakers, it's all Drake and hip-hop shit that I don't even know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's not even like I, I don't get the... Uh, so you had an unfair advantage with this category, but I'm going to tell you, man, I'm predicting it now. I'm going to, I'm going to end my losing streak. That's my prediction, but it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close. I'm confident in saying that it's going to be close. That much I'm confident. I'm thinking 5347. 5347. I'm thinking it's going to be that close. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to end the show for today. Because again, I'm going to have Joe back actually on Monday. We're going to run the poll like I always do on Friday, but I'm going to run it for three days because I don't want to know. I don't want it to be done before. Or no, we're going to tape Sunday. So it won't be done because we're, mm-hmm. we're going to save this for casual Friday next week to talk about. Right. Monday's going to be all Buffalo Sabres. It's going to be mm-hmm. an entire Sabres episode. We'll recap the draft. 
We'll talk about any trades that were made, trades that might be made. Plus, free agency is going to be starting. So we'll maybe we'll spend a little time talking about some uh, some guys that maybe the Sabres will target beyond just these trades. So anyway, that'll be on Monday. As always, buddy, it's good to have you on the show. And I'll tell you what, too. Next week, Friday, for next week's Friday show, we're going to we're gonna tape it somewhere else. I'm going to tell you that for sure <laughs> a week ahead of time. But great Clear to have the schedule you, buddy. out. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you guys soon.